and welcome to Ag PhD Radio, broadcasting from the Morton studio today. I'm Darren Hefty. And I'm Brian Hefty. Thanks for joining us. Today in the show, we're going to talk a little about the upcoming Ag PhD Field Day. It is the last Thursday in July every year. So this year, that would be July 28th, Thursday, July 28th. We'd love to have you join us. It is right on our farm near Baltic, South Dakota. So if you're not familiar with South Dakota geography, we are right north of Sioux Falls, the largest city in the Dakotas, and we're right near where South Dakota meets up with Minnesota and Iowa, just inside the border here in South Dakota. All right, so we will be talking about the field day a little bit today, but if you've got any questions for us, you can certainly give us a call, 844-44-AG-PHD, if if you have any agronomic issues on your farm. Again, that number is 844-442-4743. You can also email us, radio at agphd.com, or find us on Twitter, agphdmedia, Brian Hefty, or Darren Hefty. Okay, right now we want to get to the Ag PhD mailbag. It's now mailbag time with Brian and Darren. Hey, Darren, before anything else and before those emails, I was just going to tell you, I got a a text from an agronomist up in North Dakota a little while ago, and post-emerge, he'd sprayed Armazon Pro and Atrazine, and he had a rolled-up corn plant that he sent me the picture of, so basically buggy-whipped, and I said, is that all across the field or something, or is that very sporadic? And he goes, oh, it's really sporadic. It's just one here or there. What do you think could have caused that? And I said, what did you do for fertilizer? He goes, well, we, they used agri-liquid, four gallons, so low-salt fertilizer. And I said, okay, even though that is a low-salt fertilizer, and that may not be the problem, what, what happens sometimes, especially when it's one plant in a 1,000, is maybe there was something wrong with the fertilizer system and it was really spitting fertilizer. Maybe, maybe something happened with that fertilizer system, wasn't working right or whatever, and every once in a while it just there's this big glug of stuff that got thrown right on a seed. That would absolutely cause it because as soon as I saw that buggy whipping, that's the first thing I thought of. Compaction obviously can cause that. High rates of, let's say, ALS herbicides, occasionally group 15s, but not super often pre-emerge. But this didn't have any pre-emerge herbicide. It was just post-emerge. And Armazon Pro, all it is, is outlook at a low rate. And that's probably not going to cause that post. Uh, Armazon at a low rate, and that's not going to do it. Atrazine's not going to do that. So... Darren, any other thoughts on that? Well, we do see some of those types of plants, Brian, when we have soil compaction yes, and we have wet conditions at planting. Yep. A lot of times you'll see that plant not be able to fully unfurl right from the beginning. And then when that plant gets stuck like that, uh, it, it takes a good wind or you know some kind of event like that to, to uns, unstick it, to I guess if you can picture a corn a corn plant and it's going up straight, but then you take the top of it and you bend it over to the side and stick it to halfway up the stem, that's kind of about what it looks like. And we do see that sporadically throughout fields this year. There are a lot of cornfields that got planted in conditions that were just too wet. Yeah. And you just have to call a spade a spade on some of those. We had plants that didn't get out of the ground at all. They started leafing out underground. And then we had others that the rain came just in time to save the plants. But sometimes, especially if they'd already started leafing out underground, uh, that, that plant never really recovers from that. And that's what it looks like. So is that still going to make an ear? Maybe. Um, 
it's going to face a little struggle, and you kind of almost hope that some of this wind would have broke some of those plants free. Yeah. So that was the other thing that I had thrown out is compaction, soil crusting, whatever. But sometimes that's a little more than just one in a thousand plants or something. So that's where I'm like, it, it, it's so hard when I'm not in the field and I'm just looking at one single picture and getting a description from somebody who's 500 miles away. But I, I would say that's our jobs as farmers and agronomists is to try to figure that out. Go in the field, see if you see patterns, because the whole thing is we just are trying to prevent these types of issues from coming up again. And granted, if it's one in a thousand plants, it's nothing. It's not going to hurt overall yield or income, but still you don't want it to be any worse in the future either. So it's great to identify those kind of things. All right. What else you got over there, Darren? Well, we got a number of things. Uh, here's one from Brad in Wisconsin. He said, I'm a hobby farmer and I'm planting both field corn and sweet corn this year and I'm planting them close. We use a two-row planter to plant the field corn for deer and wildlife. We know that planting sweet corn too close to the field corn can cause cross-pollination and perhaps cause the yes. sweet corn to not be so sweet. Right. The idea I had was planting sweet corn at the same time as the field corn, but use a much shorter day seed for the sweet corn so they aren't in the reproductive stages at the same time. Just wondering, will this be effective? Do you see farmers planting sure. sweet corn out in field corn fields, or do they always have... Uh, a safe distance between them. We used to plant ours right in field corn fields, so it can be done, and exactly what you're talking about can work as long as all the pollination is done prior to the field corn having pollination. But you got to think also about your neighbors because pollen can blow for miles. And so that's a lot of times why when they have really good sweet corn production or seed corn production, they're trying to isolate those even around trees and in areas where there isn't a lot of field corn raised because yeah you don't want that cross-pollination all right i uh, get this comment in and you're gonna like this whenever we talk about moldboard plows here we get so much feedback and this one came from johnny he said you guys talked about moldboard plows the other day and uh, my dad is just adamant about plowing every single acre of ours for some unknown reason uh, just kind of curious your thoughts on that. Well, there are reasons. You kill a lot of weeds, insects, and diseases. You can leave yourself at least a better seed bed to plant in. You can really stir fertilizer around. You will yeah. speed the breakdown of organic matter so there are more nutrients that are available for the next crop. But, I mean, there are obviously a lot of negative things, too. But I can see why somebody would be interested in doing it. Yeah, soil erosion and then looking at what your organic matter levels are on your soil tests and watching those numbers trend down. That would be a couple of things you could say, look, here's the erosion we see in the ditch. Here's the numbers of our organic matter, and they're going down. Those, those would be negative things if you wanted to try to get him to change his ways. Thanks for the question. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. It's planting season. Race against the clock season. Mistakes can't happen season. And no one helps you face it all like John Deere. Putting technology in your hands that gets you in and out of the field faster. That makes your spacing and depth more accurate. And that gives you the confidence that this season will be your best season. See what you have to gain at johndeere.com slash gain ground. It takes balance to be successful in farming because what you get out of it 
depends on what you put in. And Corteva AgriScience gets that. Introducing Nutrisha and Nutrient Efficiency Optimizer, a biological product that naturally captures nitrogen from the air. It's a sustainable way to add balance to your traditional nitrogen methods and maximize your yield potential. Embrace a balanced approach to nitrogen management this season by visiting Corteva.us. Low rates and high yields with Spraytech fertilizers. Yes, get low rates and high yields with Spraytech's Fulltech, the most complete adjuvant on the market. Fulltech offers burn control, better fixation on leaves, better homogenization in the tank mix, drift control, better spreadability, and more. Fulltech is changing the way you treat your crops. Get higher yields and more money in your bank account with Fulltech from Spraytech. Ask your local retail for Fulltech adjuvant or visit Spraytech.com for more details. Compromise is nice, if you're at the playground or scouring yard sales. But farmers know better that middle grounds have no winner. That's why there's Revitech fungicide, fast-acting and long-lasting, preventative and curative, disease control and stress reduction. So leave the settling to little Tommy at the seesaw, an old bargain bill, and take your full prize in yields with Revitech fungicide for uncompromised performance. Always read and follow label directions. Back, you're listening to Ag PhD Radio. We're talking about the Ag PhD Field Day on today's program, giving you a little bit of preview uh, about what's going to be at the Field Day. And one one guy who's been to a lot of these Field Days is Lee Lubers. Farms in South Dakota has also been a speaker at, at a number of our Field Days, and uh, and I think puts on the farmer hat for a little bit too, and gets around and takes a look at look at things lee uh what would you say is the most fun for you at the field day do you like the speaking do you like just putting on your farmer hat and traveling around seeing the new technologies or just visiting with guys what what's fun for you uh i love the speaking aspect of it uh it's been uh, very rewarding when i come back the following year and i'll have conversations with people and they'll say hey you know i tried one of the ideas that you talked about or i did this differently and it worked and that is beyond rewarding for me, knowing that you're helping uh, your fellow producers uh, improve their crop. I think it's kind of fun too, Lee, when sometimes they'll say, oh, you're crazy, but then they go home and try it and, and then come back and say, okay, I thought you were crazy. And let's be honest, where you farm, Lee, you have to do some things different to be successful. It's not four foot deep black soil and an inch of rain every week. So you, so you guys got to try some different things in order to succeed. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Uh, but it's, I, I really enjoy coming over and speaking. It's a definite honor. And uh, just getting to interact with growers from not just from all over around the country, but even from other countries. So I look forward to it every year. You know, I see you picking the brains of some of the other guys, too. I, I know the the world record wheat grower from New Zealand and and some of these other really high-yielding producers. I see you asking a lot of questions. I know you're picking up a few tips from those guys as well, uh, comparing notes just a little bit. Uh, what are some of the things you know that you get asked a lot? I, I guess, would you say there are some, some key things that people are, are saying, man, that's different. Talk to us about that. Well, there's always been a big focus on you know fertility issues. Uh, the one thing that makes me happy to see as a topic coming up more is uh, the topic of biologicals because uh, we've got a lot of experience with those and they're kind of coming more to the forefront. 
So I really enjoy when I get to discuss the, that topic in particular. Sure, sure. And I, I think the the intensive management approach that you and your brother use on really every crop, to me, is always interesting to learn about. And I think many growers come to our, our show thinking, well, I'm going to hear more about corn and soybeans. And then they have guys like you that are talking about, well, here's what we're doing in small grains, and here's what we're doing in sunflowers and other crops. I, I think that's pretty cool, too. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's like regardless of crop, but still there's core principles that work on everything and then when it comes to geography i can be up there on the stage with like matt miles from arkansas and someone else and from the other side of the country and when we all get talking when it comes to challenges they can all be the same and we're all working for the same goal and sometimes those the answer all links together you know, one of the comments I get, Lee, I'll, I'll talk to farmers and ask them, what do you like about our field day? And if they're coming from, from areas where fields are smaller and there's lots of trees, they'll they'll just kind of spread their arms wide open and say, man, you just have all this wide open space out here. I, I bet your response is probably like, well, this is nothing, guys. You should come uh, west of the river here and see what's going on in our farm. Yeah, when you live 100 miles from nowhere, you have a, definitely can put your arms out. It's a big perspective that... Uh, it, it's neat hearing all the different, you know, changes of farming and people, like you said, uh, people that are farming just real hilly terrace ground and, and wooded areas and farming along major lakes and the issues they get with diseases coming off of that with humidity and just all these things that everybody's trying to get better at overcoming things in their environment. Yeah, there are a lot of things to overcome. And I, and I do like, you know, getting to talk to farmers all over, just like what you said, Lee. That's that's really good. You do get a good crop report of how things are going everywhere. And you see who's smiling and, and who's really not and, and just had a struggling or a, a tough year. It's been a struggle all the way through. So when you do get to the Ag PhD field, I think one thing you will see is a lot of smiling faces and a lot of excitement. Uh, one of those guys uh, that's going to be pretty excited, I'm sure, is Lee Lubers. He works with the Extreme Ag Group and farms with his brother in South Dakota. Lee, thank you so much. Really appreciate having you on. Look forward to seeing you soon. Hey, I'll see you there. You bet. Uh, let's head over to Troy Bettner right now with Belsham. Uh, Troy, how you doing? Good. How you guys doing? Pretty good. I know you guys have some demo plots uh, coming up for field day, and, and things look pretty good. It was interesting. We were out on Saturday for the Scouting and Scholarships Clinic, and we had some some young folks say, hey, you got a few weeds over here and over there. And I said, well, we got to leave check strips. Otherwise, you don't know how well some of these new herbicides worked. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, excited about the field day coming up on the 28th. I think it's just this post-COVID world and just all of us, you know, being able to get back together. And it's just such a wonderful event. So it's going to be great just seeing all this, the, the happy faces, smiling faces, and a lot of good things going on out there. Yeah, you're right. We kind of took that for granted for a lot of years that we could just get together and, and spend uh, spend time in groups like that. And, and yeah, to, to miss it for a little while uh, makes you appreciate that again, that you get to talk to so many folks. So, Troy, I know you've been getting around the country, too, talking about some of your new herbicides with Belsham and, and some of the things that you guys are working on. What what has been the most exciting for you here this last year? Well, just seeing the, the further adoption of tough herbicides, uh, across the Midwest, we you know we we launched right before COVID and COVID slowed it down just everything. Um, 
our world, if you will, and, and then just kind of get back into the groove and seeing, you know, as resistance grows and these difficult control weeds and, and corn, some of the challenges going on and, and just seeing some of the, the, uh, the trials and some of these growers use tough and, you know, down, I think, uh, at the Peterson farm there in, uh, in South Dakota, uh, Sam Wilson, our product manager and, and Colin Tossi, our marketing manager were with Matt and they're, they're talking about the control out on that farm and just, uh, how well tough and tank improve the control and, and the speed of kill and it's just impressive so so it's going really well and, and, and impressed with what we're seeing so far and, and look forward to just uh continuing grow tough and and the uh the product extensions as well which we'll be showcasing there at uh at the field day yeah, it is going to be neat to see what the next steps are going to be and and the newest products coming. And and you mentioned tough and performance in the field this year. I think you had a perfect year for that herbicide where there were growers that had a lot of pigweeds out there, us included. And also you had some growers that had some challenging times and they couldn't get in quite when they wanted to. And some of the other products on the market just weren't working quite as well. So there, there are a lot of guys looking for, hey, what's a tank mix partner that's going to add a lot of boost and not lead to any carryover issues and that's kind of a nice thing too yeah very very correct it was it's just a crazy year i mean i think every year it seems like we we, we talked about we haven't seen a year like this before but this year was just very very strange and yeah the scenario that that presented itself made tough a, a great option for people to use in, into their uh their weed management programs yeah, it sure did. And and for growers that are looking at what performance did, it's kind of nice too when you've got a product. We've had a lot of questions. Oh man, here's what my weeds look like out there. Are they actually going to die? I don't think there's much question when you spray tough on them if they're going <laughs> to live or die. Yeah, as long as we get some decent warm temperature, it's really cold. It takes a little longer, but yeah, in normal temperatures or warmer, it's it's amazing the difference of when you put tough in it and not just that speed of kill um, benefit of, of putting tough in among the other benefits. Well, we sure look forward to seeing you at the field day and it is kind of fun. That's one of the things for Brian and me. We love getting all, all these industry folks together just to share information and to visit with one another about what's working, what's not working out there. Uh, and yeah. when, you, when you get to our field day, sure stop in and check, uh, check Troy out a little bit and challenge him with tough questions. I, I'm encouraging every listener, challenge Troy. Now we we welcome, look forward to uh, to seeing everybody out the field day. We'll be having some tough trials on mint and chickpeas where herbicides are limited, and we'll be showcasing our, our Tough R product, which you know about, Darren. So we look forward to, to seeing everybody, and we'll have some you know lemonade, fries, and some other goodies. So um, look forward to it. Outstanding. Well, thank you so much, Troy. Really appreciate it. Great. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Yeah, there are a lot of good folks that you're going to see at the Ag PhD Field Day. And uh, Troy just mentioned a couple of interesting crops there, mint and chickpeas. Uh, and some of the other things that you might not think, well, man, wait a second. Aren't you guys more corn and soybeans and maybe wheat guys? Yeah, but we got a bunch of other crops at the Ag PhD Field Day, too. We'll talk more about that coming up right after this. At Corteva AgriScience, we want to keep farms healthy and productive, today and tomorrow. That's why we're investing in a robust pipeline of naturally derived biologicals. Meet Nutrition and Nutrient Efficiency Optimizer. 
It's a sustainable nitrogen fixation product that facilitates crop growth and optimizes yield potential. With the fluctuation in fertilizer prices, Utricia N is a reliable solution. It can be used alongside your traditional nitrogen program to enhance your ROI this year. For more information, visit Corteva.us. Growing up on the farm, I woke up as early as mom and dad. I put as many hours on the tractor, changed as many teeth on the tiller as my brothers. It doesn't matter if you're young or old, man or woman. When there's work to be done, you put your boots on and you do it. I do that on my farm and in my job at Case IH. My name is Kelsey, I'm a farmer, and I work for Case IH. Case IH, built by farmers. Be sure to attend the 2022 Ag PhD Field Day. I'm Darren Hefty. The Ag PhD Field Day isn't until the last Thursday in July, but we invite you to mark your calendars today for our biggest event ever. Each summer on the last Thursday in July, we invite you to attend the Ag PhD Field Day. The reason we invite farmers from across the country and around the world to our farm each summer is to say thank you. Ag PhD TV has had a brand new episode each week for 24 years, and we've been doing a radio show almost as long as well. At this year's Ag PhD Field Day, we'll have way more equipment and equipment demonstrations than we've ever had before. We've got a lot of new technologies we'll put into our research plots on site, and we'll have great family entertainment, including a kid's area, music, fantastic guest speakers, and free food and drinks all throughout the day. Please go to agphd.com to learn more, and don't forget to join us on Thursday, July 28th for the free Ag PhD Field Day. What's new from New Farm? Longbow EC Herbicide, the latest in our portfolio of versatile weed management tools, gives you another Carfentrazone option, taking aim at more than 60 broadleaf weed species. And did we mention economical? Longbow EC's low use rate makes it a flexible tank mix partner with most burned down non-selective herbicides. Ask your dealer for Longbow EC, available for fall. AgroLiquid is precision crop nutrition. That means being committed to product performance, to research and field testing, and to superior agronomics. Most of all, AgroLiquid is committed to delivering precisely the right nutrition in the right way including seed-safe planter plus side dress applications and foliar applications with low burn risk. AgroLiquid. Apply less. Expect more. Find a retailer at agroliquid.com. Welcome back. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio, broadcasting from the Martin Studio today, talking about the Ag PhD Field Day. It's coming up Thursday, July 28th, and you can find all the details and pre-register at agphd.com. We've got Nick Flights on right now with Pentair Hypro. Nick, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. Thanks for having me on. You bet. There's been a lot of interest in what's going on with spray technology, and I know folks that come to our field, they are always curious, hey, we're going to be out there right in the middle of the season. What are we going to be able to see? And uh, talk to us a little bit about what Pentair is going to be showing off, Nick. Yeah, it should be a good, exciting show for, for Pentair High Pro. Uh, we have some new demos, but also a couple new product launches that uh, we're going to be announcing at the show. Uh, so some new spray technology in that. I'll start with a new demo or kind of enhancing a previous demo. 
Uh, if anyone remembers last year's at the show, had kind of had a coverage and black light demo and soybeans, and uh, it, it worked okay. But the the actual execution uh, wasn't perfect, so we had some trouble controlling light in that. So you really had to get up close to see things well. This is kind of scaled down, so we can control some of those varial variables more. Uh, and so the we're going to spray some plants with a UV dye. Uh, have this enclosure with black lights uh, with those plants, and you can see what the coverage looks like, what the droplet size, the droplet density, uh, with some various nozzles on on the plant surface, and you kind of you know relay that to to your own operation and some of the nozzles and, and things you might be using, and, and see what the coverage that you're actually achieving on the the leaf surface looks like. So be sure to come out and see that. Uh, come talk to us about if you have questions about spray coverage. Uh, about spraying certain chemistries, uh, your nozzle set up, your sprayer set up, um, spraying different crops. Be happy to to talk to you about that and show you that demo. Uh, should be a vid pretty uh, visually appealing, very fun demo to to see. So we're excited about that. And um, I'll talk today about a new product launch, and then a colleague of mine is going to have another one on the show here in a couple weeks, kind of teasing that. But uh, the one I'm going to discuss is a. A brand new spray nozzle that uh, we're getting ready to launch, and uh, the first place we'll be showcasing it, you'll be able to see, is at the, the Ag PhD Field Day. Uh, it's called 3D90. So a lot of folks are probably familiar with our 3D nozzle. Uh, this is a similar type nozzle. Takes some of the, the things that we learned from designing and developing that nozzle, uh, but puts it in more of a drift reduction type package where we can. Uh, get higher levels of drift reduction, but also not lose out on that coverage that we so need for so many of our chemistries. Um, it's really going to be a good, versatile nozzle that you can use really with all sprayers because it will be PWM compatible, uh, be good for a wide range of chemistry to apply, and, and a wide range of you know weather conditions. Um, so it should be uh, should be a useful nozzle, and you can come check it out uh, at our booth there at the field day. Yeah, it's pretty interesting, and I, I love the display last year just to see what that coverage really looks like. And that's one of the things we get a lot of questions about on our show. Okay, you guys talk about getting great coverage. Uh, sometimes that's hard to see on the leaves until a few days later, and now it's already too late. And I know we just had sprayed some cobra recently, and we needed great coverage, and, and we really got it. But uh, at the Ag PhD Field Day, be looking at new nozzles, new technologies with the sprayer. It's something that Pentair is always working on. And, yeah, sure excited to see that 3D90 nozzle. Hey, Nick, uh, thanks for that little tease there, and look forward to, to hearing from one of your counterparts here soon about the other cool things that are coming yeah he'll be on uh soon and, and be sharing some new uh control systems we're launching some individual nozzle control automatic nozzle switching things like that so uh some higher tech uh spray control offerings that are going to be coming out that he will be uh discussing in further detail yeah, there are a lot of exciting things like this at the Ag PhD Field Day. It's one of the, one of my favorite things about doing this show every year, uh, and uh, look forward to seeing you, Nick Flights, uh, at at the Field Day coming up later this month. Yes, sir. We're looking forward to it as well, and uh, hope you all have a good day. You bet. Thank you. Uh, let's head over. We got Wyatt Kaufman with us right now with BASF, uh, and BASF's got a, a massive display at the Ag PhD Field Day too. Wyatt, thanks for joining us today. 
Yeah, no problem. Happy to be here. Well, last year, I, I think I could have spent uh, a, about half the day just going through all the things BSF was showcasing. And obviously, you have a lot of different products, but uh, there are a lot of different concepts that, that we were looking at last year in your area at the Ag PhD Field Day. What do you got coming this year? Yeah, so you'll probably be able to spend at least as much time covering the stuff that's in there this year. Our focus is really new innovations and some of the new products that we've got coming down the pipeline in specifically row crops in the next couple of years. We're going to be talking about at least 10 new products that will be released in row crops over the next two to three years here. So we'll be trying to showcase a lot of that and provide information about those products. Wow, that is exciting. And in an industry where we need some new things for resistant weeds, resistant bugs, and and other challenges out there, man, the disease pressure this year in some areas is uh, already popping up and, and becoming a big deal. That new innovation and that investment in, in uh, finding those new products to help us all is, is a big, big deal. And certainly BSF is at the forefront of that. Uh, you know, Wyatt, I, the other thing that I noticed with BSF is you always have a ton of great experts in your booth, and that's really fun because we've got farmers that are raising all different crops that are going to be there. Uh, I bet you're going to get some crazy questions from who knows where, states away. Yeah, that was one of my favorite parts last year was talking to people from all over the country. And so we try to make it a point to bring in people that are experts in you know, any different crop that somebody is going to be growing in the U.S. And if we don't have that resource available right away, we'll be able to uh, at least track somebody down to be able to talk to and answer questions, whether it's cotton or rice or just corn and soybean that you see in the Midwest. Yeah, if you haven't been to the Ag PhD Field Day before, uh, I just encourage you to come and ask questions, even if you say, well, I'm raising cotton. Are there going to be cotton experts there? You bet there are. And are there new products for my crop that are going to be talked about? Well, we're talking with Wyatt Kaufman right now with BASF, who says 10 new products in the next three years just for row crops. But there's so much technology that's going on um, right now and new products being developed for everything. It's it's really funny. You know, what you've done in the fungicide space too, Wyatt, has been really exciting. And the education around new products like Veltima and Revitech and others is is pretty cool. Yeah, and we're going to be showcasing those again this year. So uh, we're going to have more of a focus on silage as well and what BASF plant health products that contain headline or pyroclostrobin can do and mean for nutritive value and the efficiency of silage in feed that ends up going and translating to more pounds on a cow or more milk produced. That is such a big thing. And a lot of our livestock producers say, okay, you guys are so passionate about soil fertility and plant health, but tracking that all the way through to the health and gain of the animals, that that's pretty cool too. And it, it really is great for us as consumers. Yeah. And there's been a lot of great work done through uh, the University of Illinois and the University of Wisconsin over the years with some of our products. So um, we're really looking to showcase those products and what they can mean and provide something a little bit different rather than just your standard old, here's how many bushels you can gain from applying our fungicide. We're looking to show what that means, you know, from the bottom line for the producer that might be looking to, um, 
raise livestock and increase their efficiency there. Absolutely. The return on investment is is super important, and it's not just measured in bushels per acre. Now we're talking with Wyatt Kaufman here with BASF about the Ag PhD Field Day coming up later this month. Wyatt, thank you so much. Really appreciate working with you guys for the Field Day and look forward to seeing you soon. Yeah, thank you, guys. We'll see you soon. Again, if you're interested in the Ag PhD Field Day, uh, it's a one-day event. It's coming up Thursday, July 28th. All the details can be found at agphd.com, and you can pre-register there as well. We're talking about some of the things that you might see at the Field Day this year and uh, and all the great people that you get to talk to as well. We're going to dive into some of the Ag PhD mailbag questions here in just a little bit. Our phone lines are open at 844-44-AG-PHD as well. Maximum application flexibility. Maximum yields at harvest, whether or not. Relentless is the kind of control you'll always get with Anthem Max Herbicide from FMC. Low use rate Anthem Max Herbicide protects corn and soybean crops from the toughest broadleaf weeds and grasses, including water hemp, palmer pigweed, foxtails, crabgrass, and more. Dual modes of action and lasting overlapping residuals also help you minimize resistance in your fields. Its easy to tank mix formulation and wide application window make Anthem Max Herbicide the crop protection choice that's ready when you are. Rain or shine. Weather or not, relentless. That's Anthem Max Herbicide from FMC. Visit your FMC retailer or ag.fmc.com to learn more. Always read and follow all label directions. Be sure to attend the 2022 Ag PhD Field Day. I'm Darren Hefty. The Ag PhD Field Day isn't until the last Thursday in July, but we invite you to mark your calendars today for our biggest event ever. Each summer on the last Thursday in July, we invite you to attend the Ag PhD Field Day. The reason we invite farmers from across the country and around the world to our farm each summer is to say thank you. Ag PhD TV has had a brand new episode each week for 24 years, and we've been doing a radio show almost as long as well. At this year's Ag PhD Field Day, we'll have way more equipment and equipment demonstrations than we've ever had before. We've got a lot of new technologies we'll put into our research plots on site, and we'll have great family entertainment, including a kid's area, music, fantastic guest speakers, and free food and drinks all throughout the day. Please go to agphd.com to learn more, and don't forget to join us on Thursday, July 28th for the free Ag PhD Field Day. When it comes to mites in your field, you can't afford a solution that might work. That's why there's Zeopro Miticide from Valent USA. With next-level knockdown and long residual control, you can be sure to handle spider mites at all stages of life with complete certainty. With efficient translaminar activity, apply by ground or air, and confidently attack mites where they are. Make Zeopro the definitive answer to your mite problem. Visit valent.com slash zealpro to learn more. Always read and follow label instructions. It's smart to make the right agronomic choices, and it's even smarter to get rewarded for them. With the Bayer Plus Rewards Program, you earn cash back on seed, herbicides, and other eligible products. And it keeps getting smarter, because now you can earn an additional 10% bonus when you send your redemption check to your retailer. To learn more, contact your retailer today. Protect your yields and get the most from your land with Bayer Plus Rewards. Visit MyBayerPlus.com and see program terms and conditions for full details. 
You're listening to Ag PhD Radio, and we're giving you a little preview of the Ag PhD Field Day coming up later this, well, almost later this month. It's June 30th, I guess. So coming up in less than a month. Maybe that's a better way to say it. It's July 28th, and it's right on our farm. We've got a lot of research trials out there, but we've also got some great equipment. And this is one of the things that has really caught a lot of folks' eyes who say, well, I've come to Ag PhD Field Day before, but... Man, you're getting a lot more brand new equipment, new things that are coming out, and it's fun to see companies like Fent being represented there. And I think the ride and drive area in the Fent area was quite busy last year. We got Connor Bergen on right now with Fent to talk about that. How are you doing, Connor? Hey, good afternoon, Brian and Darren, and to all the listeners out there, I'm doing great. How are the two of you today? You know, we're excited. We're we're less than a month away, though, from the Ag PhD Field Day, so uh, I guess it's just going to keep building for us. We're going to keep getting more excited every day. Oh, man, time flies when you're having fun. I couldn't believe it just uh, looking at the, the calendar here and, of course, getting getting on the phone with you guys. I said the same thing to myself. I said, whoa, we're less than a month away from, from the, the big Ag PhD Field Day event in Baltic, and we are super excited to be back this year. We've got a lot of exciting uh, new innovations from Fent here in North America to show off to growers at the Field Day. All right. So what are what are some of the things that you'll see if if there's a lot of things to do at the Ag PhD Field Day? So for farmers saying, well, man, I want to check this out over in the Fent area, what are they going to see? Absolutely. Well, I, I suppose I'm going to need to start with our latest and greatest, which is the all new Fent Rogator 900 series. That's uh, the, the newest offering to our Fent portfolio here in North America. And we first introduced this impressive new sprayer late last year. Uh, and since it's taken home both an AE50 award as well as the Crop Life Magazine of the Year award and the prestigious Davidson award um, uh, that was was awarded to us a commodity classic. And I think if growers stop by the Fent booth at at your field day there in Baltic at the end of the July at the end of July and spend a little time on this machine, they'll see exactly why. It's a very unique machine. It's the first two-position height control machine. So, so guys, now with the push of a button, I can take this from a standard clearance sprayer, which frankly is where most growers, most people want to run most of the year for most applications. But with the push of a button now, I can take it to a higher clearance machine, 76-inch clearance, uh, for that late-season fungicide application or later in season fertilizer applications, which as, as you guys know, are becoming so much more important um, here for, you know, a number of crops, but, but most importantly for corn. Um, and it really gives growers a lot more control over what they apply and when they apply it. Yeah, that's for sure. And it is nice with the new innovations happening in the equipment industry right now. We can just do such a better job getting things done. And you mentioned the new Rogator 900 series. That's really cool. I know last year there's a lot of talk around your combine. Uh, for many farmers, they said, this is the first time I've actually got in a Fent tractor and driven it. And uh, they were pretty impressed, Connor. So what are they going to see this year in the ride and drive area? Yeah, absolutely. We uh, we're really excited to once again have a Fent Ride and Drive area at uh, at the Field Day event, um, and we'll have a, a a little bit of all the latest uh, all the latest uh, Fent tractors in the Ride and Drive. We'll have uh, one of our new big Fent 1100 Vario MT series 
Uh, track tractors will also have a few of our, our uh, high horsepower wheel row crop version uh, offerings, our Fent 900 and our Fent 1000 series that have a brand new state-of-the-art cab, our Fent 1 operating system, which is just a, a really sleek, intuitive, nice design that can be customized based on operator preferences. Uh, I know growers that I've talked to since we have introduced that absolutely love the, the technology that's behind the wheel of the machine. Um, and not to be outdone by some of those big, big Fent tractors, we also introduced a new smaller Fent tractor, our Fent 300 series, uh, which is smaller frame, more in the 100 to 100 uh, 140 horsepower range, a great, great, great loader tractor. Uh, that'll also be in the ride and drive area for people to check out. Yeah, that'll be awesome. Again, this is all at the Ag PhD Field Day coming up Thursday, July 28th. And yeah, more than you expect. I know many farmers coming for the first time in the last couple of years have said, well, I expected to see crops, but uh, the equipment really blew me away. So you definitely want to be there early. We open at 7 o'clock in the morning. Get there early to try and take in as much of it as you possibly can. And certainly stop by and see Connor Bergen in the Fent area. Connor, thank you so much. Really appreciate having you on today. Guys, thank you both so much for the opportunity. And, of course, we look forward to seeing a lot of you, uh, Brian and Darren, especially you guys, but a lot of the, the listeners out there as well uh, at the end of July at the Ag PhD Field Day event in Baltic. We can't wait. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun, and, and there's certainly a lot to do and things there for everyone to do in the family. There's a lot of entertainment options. There's a kid's area. There's there's much more. Uh, so, any, again, check it out, agphd.com for all the details. Uh, Brandon, you want to talk more field day? You want to dive into another question? Um, no, I think uh, I, I think we should get back to questions. We just have gotten a lot of agronomic things popping up, and I I hate to be slow in responding to people because for many of them, they want to know, like right now, they're in the field, and they want to respond. So anyway, go ahead. All right. Uh, I got this one from Aaron over in Minnesota, and he said, can't get in, going to have to go prevent plant on some ground, and our cover crop seed person is recommending we go sorghum Sudan grass. Unfortunately, I'm not finding many herbicide options other nope. than atrazine. Yep. What, what do you recommend in those kinds of situations? It's ironic that you bring up atrazine. I just saw some press releases today talking about what EPA is proposing for atrazine. And basically, and we knew this was coming. I mean, there are a lot of people out there that want to ban all pesticides thinking that everything is tremendously dangerous. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that I wouldn't love to use no pesticides, wave a magic wand, and all my weeds would just magically disappear. But unfortunately, that's not the case. We have a lot of safer things out there. But like atrazine, I mean, I'm all for using it very responsibly. But what they're proposing now is really pushing it in, in, in my mind. But I, I haven't read through everything, so I don't know exactly what that looks like. But the point is, I'm certain if this goes through, you're going to be cut way back on what you can use in terms of atrazine. So yeah, for sorghum sudan grass, I don't know. There just there isn't much choice. I would say this when it comes to cover crops, most people talk about cereal rye. The thing that I like on our own farm is oats. And the reason why I do is because it doesn't live into next spring. We're in a different geography here, and I don't want stuff growing next spring because that sucks up the moisture when I don't want it taken up because we're so dry typically, just like we are right now. We're right in the middle of a two-year drought. So 
it, it all depends on your area and, and what you're trying to accomplish with this cover crop. But I would say, too, a lot of people, when they go prevent plant, uh, then you, you have the opportunity, number one, to maybe get some tiling done. You have an opportunity maybe to put winter weed in or some fall seeded crop. So I'd at least be thinking about those things. And maybe it's just something short term here that you need for a couple months rather than something to last all the way into the winter or potentially next spring. So you got a lot of options. And then the last thing I'll say is there are a lot of cover crop blends out there too. A lot of people like the blends because then they feel like they get many different benefits as opposed to just a few when you raise only one cover crop. So lots of ways to go, but you're dead on right. Um, not a lot of ways to kill weeds when you start talking sorghum sedan grass. All right. Uh, I had a question that came in from Jack over in Ohio. He said, we've got a grass that may be a rye grass that's in our corn this year. Nobody knows how to get rid of it. Not the chemical dealers or the university. I'm just kind of curious. Do you have any idea how to get rid of a volunteer rye grass that's out in our corn? Is it Roundup Ready Corn? Well, that's the question that I've got too, Jack, because if you can use Roundup, Roundup's pretty yep. darn effective on it most is. grasses. Yep, it's great. So so it's either Roundup or Accent. Those are really your only two choices. Oh, or Liberty, I guess. Or, I would throw or Cultivation. There. And I know a lot of guys don't want to do that, yeah. and it's not yep. perfect. Yep. But right. that is one thing that, that could be done too. So I always had to throw that option out there. If you say, well, we're conventional corn and our corn's getting too big. And that's the other problem we're running into now is the corn's getting just too big. Oh, yeah. To a lot of our corn. spray a lot of these products. Right. A lot of our corn is in the three to five foot tall range. So you're and it's talking growing drop fast. nozzles and your control is not going to be the greatest with nope, them either. That's it's right. Too big to run a cultivator through. So, yeah, it's, it's a tough spot, no doubt. We'll be right back after this. There's a new kind of crop protection in your territory, and it's always on the hunt. Howler fungicide unleashes the power of the plant's microbiome and multiple modes of action to deliver extended, broad-spectrum protection against soil-borne and foliar diseases. With all the advantages of no residue, zero PHI, minimal REI, and take-mix flexibility, get the fiercest, most effective protection available with Howler fungicide, a product of AgBiome. Learn more at agbiome.com howler. With superior materials, craftsmanship, and best-in-class warranty, a Morton machine storage or workshop is built to stand the test of time. To learn how we can help you expand your farm operation, visit mortonbuildings.com. Get an extra semi-load out of your grain bin. The end zone from Farm Shop MFG can increase your stored beans moisture from 10 to 13%. On a 20,000 bushel bin, that's a free extra semi-load. Visit farmshopmfg.com for more. Be sure to attend the 2022 Ag PhD Field Day. I'm Darren Hefty. The Ag PhD Field Day isn't until the last Thursday in July, but we invite you to mark your calendars today for our biggest event ever. Each summer on the last Thursday in July, we invite you to attend the Ag PhD Field Day. The reason we invite farmers from across the country and around the world to our farm each summer is to say thank you. Ag PhD TV has had a brand new episode each week for 24 years, and we've been doing a radio show almost as long as well. At this year's Ag PhD Field Day, we'll have way more equipment and equipment demonstrations than we've ever had before. We've got a lot of new technologies we'll put into our research plots on site, and we'll have great family entertainment, including a kids area, music, fantastic guest speakers, and free food and drinks all throughout the day. Please go to agphd.com to learn more. And don't forget to join us on Thursday, July 28th for the free Ag PhD Field Day.
Boost your productivity and profitability with Soil Warrior from environmental tillage systems. Improve fertilizer efficiency and your yield potential in just one strip-till pass. Now that's ROI. Contact us today at SoilWarrior.com. Pentair Hypro 3D nozzles are your premier choice for fungicide applications. Syngenta fungicide application field trials have shown Hypro 3D nozzles provide a yield advantage of up to 10% over other nozzles, maximizing the return on your fungicide investment. Learn more at pentair.com hypro. When it comes to mites in your field, you can't afford a solution that might work. That's why there's Zealpro Miticide from Valent USA. With next-level knockdown and long residual control, you can be sure to handle spider mites at all stages of life with complete certainty. With efficient translaminar activity, apply by ground or air, and confidently attack mites where they are. Make ZealPro the definitive answer to your mite problem. Visit valent.com zealpro to learn more. Always read and follow label instructions. listening to Ag PhD Radio broadcasting from the Morton studio today and we're right in the middle of the Ag PhD mailbag. We'll take your emails radio at agphd.com or your phone calls at 844-44-AG-PHD if you have an agronomic question or just like to talk about what's going on on your farm. Ben over in Virginia made a major change in the operation this year and he's seeing some challenges. He said, guys, we switched from turkey litter to chicken litter on our on our hay ground this year and our integrator requires an aluminum based ammonia control product applied to every chicken flock here whereas the turkeys we only had to put it on once and i've attached both litter analysis as it shows a very high level of aluminum in the chicken litter Uh, our grass hay field this year was much lower our, our, our hay yield was much lower than in the past, and it seems to me like the aluminum levels in the litter might be affecting the nitrogen release, even though our pHs just aren't that low to make the aluminum available. Um, I did calibrate the trucks. I did spread at the same rates and all these kinds of things, a ton and a half per acre, uh, and I put a 50 50 20 blend of commercial fertilizer on, too. Just wondering what your thoughts are and if I need to find a different ammonia control product for my litter. (laughs) Well, the chicken litter, according to this sample that I've got here, has roughly 14 times as much aluminum as the turkey litter. So could that be a problem? Yes, it could. There's also about 50% more sodium in there too. So I always worry a little about sodium and how high that level can be. I'm not tremendously worried about it though if you're only putting on a ton and a half because they're saying here 11 and a half pounds per ton in terms of sodium. So if it's me and I'm that worried about the aluminum, I'm doing two things. One, I am going to really monitor that soil pH because you're right. If you keep the pH up, then usually aluminum isn't real available and there's less concern with that tie up. So we want to keep the pHs in the sixes rather than the fives or fours. Then the other thing is just putting more nitrogen on. So you have to run the numbers when you say, okay, I could get a different product I I mean, I don't know what that cost is going to be versus putting more nitrogen. And granted, I understand this year nitrogen is ridiculously expensive to fertilize with, but that price is going to come down again eventually. might be a couple years, but 
I, I guess there, there is, there are ways around this and ways to manage this. And in the real short term, I'd say you just got to put some more nitrogen out if you think that's what's actually hurting you. And at least make sure you're leaving check strips so you can see. Okay, was it truly the nitrogen? You can also run plant tissue analysis to see. Okay, what are my nitrogen levels? And actually in that tissue, but sometimes that doesn't always tell the story. So I, I just say try out some more nitrogen, try out a different product, whatever, and then then just kind of go from there. But yeah, it is it is a lot more aluminum, a lot. All right, thanks for the question. Really appreciate that. Uh, get this one in from Cody over in Minnesota. And he said, we sent in some corn leaves for chemical testing, and they found everything that we had sprayed, plus propazine. I'm not familiar with that product, and I just don't know where it would have come from. Uh, here's why we were testing. We had a neighbor who had sprayed authority first on their beans and rolled them, and then a big wind came up and blew corn stalks over into the neighboring field. And wherever those stalks landed, you've, we've got stunting, lack of emergence in the corn. And uh, the corn wasn't up yet when the wind came through. So anyway, we were looking for the authority first, but we ended up with propazine out there. So do you think that has anything to do with it? Uh, and do you think uh, since these samples were sent in six weeks after the wind, that that was long enough that the authority first that we were really looking for just disappeared? Yes and yes. So let's start with this propazine. That's a sorghum product. It's a 12-month rotational restriction to corn. So where that came from, I'm with you. I have no idea. It's not even labeled anymore. I think it just got pulled maybe a year ago or in the last few months, something like that. Anyway, the point is you wouldn't be using that if it was a cornfield. And if it did get into your cornfield, could that hurt? Absolutely. Then in terms of the authority first, both authority and first rate can damage corn. So... I mean, the first rate more so than the authority. Six weeks after corn stalks that were sprayed in the one field and they blew over to the other field, six weeks later, could all the authority first that was in those corn stalks have disappeared? Definitely it could have. So could have been the propazine, could have been the authority, could have been the first rate. I, I, I mean, at this point, we're all kind of just guessing. It's an unfortunate deal. Hopefully it didn't happen on a lot of acres. And let me say this too. I've, I've been talking to people about this for the last couple of months now. At least in South Dakota here, this was the windiest spring in South Dakota's history. It was number one. So that's not a stat. I like being number one. I like it when it's relatively calm winds, but we have had the windiest spring in history. I assume in Minnesota, it's been similar. So some of these things that have happened this year aren't normally going to happen. And so we can try to plan for them moving forward, but hopefully we don't see another windy spring like this again for a really long time. I've actually been thinking a lot about the 1930s because we've had very little rain in two years now. And I mean, like yesterday, for example, the wind was gusting into the 40 mile an hour kind of range. And I mean, you could just see a haze in the sky. And I, I just have been thinking about the 30s because we didn't have herbicides. We didn't have strip-till machines. We didn't have great planters that could plant into all this residue. There was a lot of moldboard plowing, tillage, 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 cultivate, everything. So you can only imagine with the winds that we've had now, and this is windier than in the 30s, but just imagine if we had these winds and doing all the tillage that they had to do back then to control the weeds, insects, diseases, leave a good seed bed, everything else, and try to raise a crop. I mean, it'd be disaster. 
So for all these people that think, oh, let's just go back to the way it was and we'll do all tillage and no herbicides and everything. Uh, yeah, no, thank you. So we, we like our soils rather than seeing them blow all over the country. And yep, it's been bad enough this year, but just imagine if we had to farm like they did in the Depression era. All right, get, uh, get this email from Diego down in Argentina. And uh, Diego said, hey, guys, uh, you talk a lot about nitrogen, and I've heard a lot of comments on your show recently about soil sampling for nitrogen. There was an agronomy uh, group that did a study using 404 different samples, and they estimated a calculation. If you took six-inch samples and multiplied them by 2.35, it would be roughly what you have in the top 24 inches. Obviously, <laughs> it's better if you sample directly down to 24 inches. Have you heard anything about using a multiplier like this? And uh, just curious what you're recommending on the nitrogen. Yeah, the the whole thing is, Diego, we, we hear lots of multipliers and estimates and everything else. We just, we don't like it because soil types vary, farming practices vary, weather varies. And so if you do a study one year, you might get this 2.35. You do a study in a super wet year in light soils, you might get a 1.25. I mean, it, it's going to vary. So the, the whole thing is, I'll put it this way. If I had $10 at stake, would I really care? Is it worth investing money into soil testing and trying to figure all these things out? No, I'd probably guess at it or I'd use some calculation. When I have $10,000, I'm a lot more concerned. When I have $100,000, i am really concerned. Well, I just think about even our own corn crop on our farm is worth several million dollars this year. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Now, granted, we had to spend ridiculous money to get that corn crop in and keep it going. And, you know, land's worth a lot, interest cost, labor costs, everything. But the point is, when I've got millions of dollars at stake in potential income, I'm not big on chancing stuff. I'm going to invest some money to actually test and try to be as accurate as I can be because I just don't want to screw that up. Nitrogen costs a lot of money and my crop is worth a lot. So we're doing more testing than ever rather than trying to use calculations. But yep, there, there have been lots of these kind of things out there for years. We just usually try to discourage people from doing that. Test instead, it's a lot safer. I had this from Terry in Minnesota. He said, you guys talk about white mold control and gave multiple steps. So I went out and sprayed cobra just before flowering began in my historically bad areas. My beans are at R1. My beans that I sprayed cobra in uh, look a little burnt out there. I'm just wondering, how long yep. do I have to wait before I can spray Endura? I would say you're waiting probably a couple of weeks, maybe even three weeks after something like that. But that's what we're planning on on our farm. So I think we sprayed our Cobra week. Was it two weeks? Two weeks ago. Is it two weeks ago now? Week ago? I don't remember. Yeah, about a week. It's week ago. Yeah, It's showing up pretty good out in the fields yeah, right so now. Maybe, yeah, a week ago. Uh, but anyway, the point is, I mean, two to three weeks, and then usually you'll have lots of new growth, recovery, everything else. Hey, thanks for the question, Terry. And thanks to you for listening. And be sure to join us again each weekday for more Ag PhD Radio.